That's right, I'm here at Mother Rucker, the place that started it all. Today, Raven Career stops by to talk, we talk coronavirus, and I tell you how to win some Bose headsets. All that and more on the first ever RTAG Nation podcast. Hello and welcome to the very first RTAG Nation podcast. I am so excited that we are finally able to get this up and posted. And it's been a bit of a journey, as you can imagine, over the last few weeks. Um, I actually had a lot of this completed and ready to go. And then, as you might imagine, a lot has changed. So we decided to go back, re-record a lot of the information and... Um, and really get something out that was a little bit more accurate for what's going on in the industry right now. I do want to take a minute before we get started and before I dive into this and say a huge thank you to Bose. Uh, Bose Aviation Headsets, as you know, if you've been to any conferences, have been a huge partner of ours. In fact, they have partnered with us to sponsor the first four podcasts for um, this year. And with that, there will be a Bose headset giveaway They've given us headsets to give away. We'll tell you at the end of the show how to get those headsets. Um, but we want to take a minute to thank Bose and um, tell you a little bit about Bose. Like I said, today's podcast is sponsored by Bose Aviation. With over 30 years of serving active noise-canceling headsets to pilots, Bose is known for performance, quality, and reliability. The A20 headset, which is the masterpiece that has been around for a long time, um, has 30% greater noise reduction than any other conventional aviation headsets. It's one of the lightest, most comfortable on-ear and around-ear uh, headsets on the market. They also have the new ProFlight Series 2, which builds upon the advanced technology of the original. If you had the ProFlight 1, this ProFlight 2 is amazing. Um, and it builds on those, with, and it makes it the most lightweight, compact, and comfortable aviation headset Bose has ever made. To find out which Bose headset is right for you, and in thank you for them sponsoring these podcasts as well. I'll put a link in the description, but you can visit Bose.com slash aviation. Again, Bose.com slash aviation. I just want to throw a uh, big shout out to the guys over at Bose that have worked so diligently with us. And as you know, if you're part of the Artag Nation uh, Facebook page, Ken and his team and those guys that are over there and Chris, they always try to post something just to really make a difference in our community and um, as a side note I have a Bose A20 and a Bose ProFlight 2 review going to be coming out put on the YouTube channel so look forward to those but again we just want to say thanks for to Bose for uh, sponsoring this podcast. Well now that we've uh, got this officially underway I do want to point out that as you can tell I am still living in the camper with the family and we've got our house being built in Texas. And once I finish with the course here at the home of aviation for the Army, Fort Rucker, uh, we'll head back and I'll get a studio working up so that we can get these out with a little bit higher set value. Although the table slash podcast studio slash kids bed is working out pretty well. 
for us so far. But we just want to take a quick minute and talk to you about what this podcast kind of hopes to deliver to you, hopes to do over the next few months and just kind of a description. Again, today will be the first one. It'll be a little different than most of them. Most of them will have different sections and segments throughout the podcast. Uh, we wanted to take a few minutes today with an interview with Raven Careers, James and Jason, um, just to kind of touch specifically on what's going on with the coronavirus, what's going on in the industry, really what's going on worldwide, and then how it affects you in the United States. So we did want to take that few minutes and gear most of the podcast towards that, getting the best information that we could in a timely manner out to you. But just over the next few months, how this is gonna work with the podcast is on the YouTube channel, we're gonna have more videos than just this podcast. So we'll have videos, I'll have reviews posted up. We're gonna put videos, I think I already have the FCC video, how to get your restricted operator's license there. We're gonna have things like neat things to take on trips. I've got reviews of strong bags and of some luggage works bags coming up that I think will be really helpful, hopefully. And then we've got lots of giveaways, thanks to our sponsors um, coming up through those. And then this podcast for the time being is gonna be one a month. That'll be 45 minutes to an hour of what we can do to get you the best information for the industry. That might change and, and, and really morph a little bit depending on what happens over the next few weeks with this virus and, and how it's taking shape in not just our industry but across the board. But the simple fact is that at RTAG Nation and at RTAG as a whole, our goal is to match veterans up with aviation career jobs. Maybe not specifically flying, maybe it's uh, you wanna do maintenance, maybe you wanna do some sort of management, um, but our job is to make sure that you have all the info you need to transition out of the military successfully and um, turn all of that education and experience and be able to continue to serve people around you just in a different capacity. So we want to give you the, the best information for that. So a few things that we want to do is we want to keep you informed of all the latest opportunities that exist uh, for veterans within the aviation community. And again, that's not necessarily just fixed wing, that may be rotary wing, that's maybe contract jobs, that may be airline jobs, that might be 135 or part 91 operators. And we'll explain all those. If you don't know what that means, we'll get the information to you. We wanna help equip you to take advantage, full advantage of all of the skills that you've earned and learned um, to make sure that you're living the best quality of life, the best specific standards that you want for you, your family, um, once you are done serving your country. And then we want to help give you the tools to avoid some of the pitfalls in the industry, which that's going to kind of fall in today. We got people lined up. I have interviews lined up all throughout the next coming months with airlines, with resume preppers. Today, we're going to talk to Raven and give you some, hopefully some tips and techniques to take advantage of the time maybe you have left in the military or your transition period, or if you're already in um, an airline, what you can do to make yourself uh, ready for anything that might happen, any pitfalls that uh, might change there in the industry. And then we also wanna be a voice for veterans that tells everybody in really the whole world um, the capabilities that veterans have, that veterans bring to the table, that uh, members that have served this country can do for civilian entities. Um, and we focus most of that on the aviation-centric um, industry. All right, with all that said, I'd like to jump right into the podcast today so we can get to the interview, which I think will be really um, kind of the heart of this podcast today. And I think that it will help you 
get a grasp. Uh, James and Jason really have a, a good insight on the industry and kind of things that are going on. But I think it'll give you a good idea of what is going on around us and kind of how we can prepare for that. Normally, I would have a section right here where we would do what's called in the news uh, and talk about news that's facing the industry, maybe some DOD news that affects our National Guard and reserves or people that are still yet to transition. Um, but today, and then, and, and then part of that would be a, a question of the day that we can use in the comments section to kind of start a dialogue. And then what I'd like to do is we'll transfer that over into the um, Artech Nation page and just kind of keep those dialogues going so that we can get different opinions, but really that we can see so many things um, answered from different phases and levels of where people are at, maybe coming still in the military all the way out to 20 year veterans of the industry. But uh, obviously COVID-19 is the news right now. I do want to give you some good news as of 29th. Um, there's some really interesting articles out there. And if I can grab them all in time, I'll link those in the description. But there's some interesting articles if you like uh, science or epidemiology or uh, things that kind of show how viruses work. There's some interesting news about um, looking at the numbers of people tested versus numbers of people who um, are dying, maybe the mortality rate. Um, it actually could look better than we originally thought, which is exciting. Um, we'll have to see again. The, the, true, the true answer to all of this is we just don't know. Um, you'll hear a lot of things over the next few weeks that a lot of numbers and a lot of facts and the truth is we just don't have enough information yet to tell i like to do a lot of research um, and get pretty nerdy with things and so i've done that recently and um based on numbers that we're seeing i think that we're actually again this is my opinion personally but i think that we're actually going to see a lot quicker recovery on the backside because i think as some of these tests start to um, unravel and we start to get more testing i think the fda just looked at a test that could tell you whether you had the virus within five minutes, if we start ramping up testing and those numbers start to increase rapidly, but we see that mortality rate stay roughly the same as far as not necessarily the percentage, but we see that um, death rate stay the same, then I think it's going to give a lot more hope and a lot more uh, excitement towards the end of this that we can know that, you know, maybe millions of us have already had this. That's a possibility. That would be wonderful and that really the mortality rate looks a lot more like the traditional flu. Plus there's a lot of treatments that are being tested right now. I won't even talk about it because I can't pronounce the word um, that it is, but there's a lot of treatments um, that I think could be, hopefully we'll see in the next 24 to 48 hours are actually working to fight off some people that are ill. If you know somebody, I personally do know a couple people that have the coronavirus. Um, if you know anybody that has the coronavirus that, you know, obviously keep them in your prayers and your thoughts. And, um, we, you know, we want to, if you're watching this and you do, and you're quarantined in your house because you do have coronavirus, we are, uh, our thoughts and prayers are with you. And, um, we are hoping that this goes quickly and goes smoothly. So we are always thinking about anybody who's affected. So now without further ado in today's interview um we do have james and jason from raven career if you have been to any event with us you know that they've been with us since the very beginning um, a lot of experience in the industry and i wanted to take some time to talk to them see their thoughts about it again i want to apologize quickly for the for the audio on my part both of the other guys sound good uh, this is recorded on the computer we're obviously doing the social distancing um and so we had to record it with uh video chat on the computer. And so I recorded that earlier and let's jump over to that. 
and uh, talk to James and Jason. All right, welcome. Like we talked about earlier, um, we decided to take our social distancing measures into effect and uh, are sitting down with James and Jason from Raven Career. Uh, how you guys doing? Awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, doing well. Good to see you, Josh. Nice. You too, man. Um, I wanted to take some time to uh, have you guys on the very first podcast. Welcome. The very first podcast for our Tech Nation. You guys are right here in the midst. Yeah, it's an honor. Um, so, yeah, we want to take some time. I was talking about earlier in the podcast. Uh, I want to take some time to, obviously, we're in a, a crazy environment right now. I wanted to take some time to uh, talk to you guys who have a lot more experience, again, than I do and than a lot of our tech. Uh, nation people do um, and just kind of talk through a little bit of this um, the COVID stuff, the virus, how it's affecting the industry, um, maybe give some realistic expectations, some reinforcement in the long run, things like that. Just had a few questions and uh, really appreciate you guys uh, sitting down with us. And we wanted to say we love our, uh, we love Raven. If you haven't uh, noticed, they've been at, uh, involved with us since the very beginning. Uh, James has done a ton for us. We appreciate that, man. Um, thanks so much for everything you've done for our tag. Yeah, we appreciate the support from the community. That's why we're excited to be here on number yeah. one. Number one. That's awesome. And if you don't know Jason DeVerne, um, I don't know where you've been. So uh, he's been uh, <laughs> around He's been around a while with our tag since the very beginning as well. And uh, he uh, has been working with Raven for how long now, Jason? Um, I think officially, I guess since, uh, October unofficially, awesome. it's been a lot longer than that. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. He's just now been allowed to come. Well, are, are, you talk- are, are you talking about when I hired them or when they hired me? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. You know, everything, everything on the table as well. You know, uh, I got to know James, uh, dealing with our tag, but I also hired Raven as well when I was getting ready for my frontier interview. Uh, and so I can tell you that speaking from personal experience, the, it was amazing. And so I, I really do appreciate that. And, um, you know, it's, if you guys are thinking about what to do in the future and where to go, get a hold of Raven. We'll put some links. I think you guys are going to send me a link that we're going to put in the description here, uh, specifically as a part of this video, but, uh, James and Jason and everybody over there can really help you with, uh, anything you need to take that next step, which there will, I promise be a next step. Uh, and we're going to talk about that here. So uh, if you guys are ready, we'll dive into it. Let's go, man. <clears throat> awesome. Well, first question. Uh, how long is this going to last, do you think, maybe? And, and we understand that, again, this is uh, the 24th of March. Um, but just a realistic, is, is this really going to affect us uh, long term or more short term? Or, or both? Thoughts? Great question. So. Uh, I, I'm going to preface it with what I've told everybody else this week, which is that my crystal ball is in the shop. Uh, so we're, uh, we're going purely off opinions. Um, <clears throat> the, the variable that, that, that folks are having a tough time with is there. Um, what, when the question is asked, how long is this going to last? There is a different answer for how long the coronavirus is going to last versus how long are the economic effects of the coronavirus going to last. Right. Um, and I think that's probably creating a bit of frustration for people for two reasons. Number one, um, some folks are having some different conversations at the same time, meaning they're talking about the virus versus the economy or vice versa. Uh, 
<clears throat> and then the second is um, kind of fighting uh, should, should what's going on be going on right now. Um, the easiest way to answer this question is that we won't know how severe the coronavirus is going to be until probably mid to end of April. And that's going to give us a lot of really good insight in terms of how long the economic effects are going to last. Between now and April, uh, companies are basically fighting to survive and aviation, non-aviation doesn't really matter, right? Everything right, from right. your local restaurant all the way to your airline is just trying to financially survive to the end of April. Um, <clears throat> because between now and then, uh, as I'm sure a lot of folks are, are realizing, life's kind of um, slowing dramatically in the United States. Um, we in Ohio and in Michigan have gone into shelter in place, uh, meaning can't leave your house unless it's, uh, basically critical. I mean, you can go work out if you need to, but they basically want you staying inside. Uh, and if people are staying inside, they're not, not engaging in the economy. Um, and so <clears throat> if we have a coronavirus that, um, that has a much, more dramatic effect than we anticipated in April, it's going to take significantly longer for the economic uh, impacts to subside. If right. it's shorter, it's still going to take a decent amount of time. It's just questionable as to how long. Um, <clears throat> the, the difficulty that the airlines are struggling with right now is they survive on future bookings. So uh, to give a good kind of <clears throat> simple scenario, Let's say mid-April, the coronavirus ends up being really uh, mild, right? Um, it, it, uh, I want to be sensitive when we talk about death uh, in that uh, not, not sounding flippant. But uh, when you're seeing figures of 15 million, 20 million people could die, right? I think yeah. we could probably collectively agree that comparatively speaking, if, I don't know, 3,000 people died, that would be... Um, significantly less than what we thought the impact was going to be <clears throat> right. So, end of april three thousand people die we go hey this whole whole coronavirus thing made you know was was really really overblown um the problem is you've likely still missed the summer travel season which is the busiest of the year right because right. people book travel out one two three four months in advance so that's number one uh number two <clears throat> when you when you shut down the U.S. economy, right? Shut down restaurants, shut down travel, shut shut down everything, right? People have to recover from that, which means they don't have excess cash to spend. True. And the question becomes, how long does it take before not only until they have the excess cash to spend? Number one, but then number two, how long until they're comfortable spending it? Um, the the example that I use to kind of illustrate the uh, the the order of magnitude that the psych that the psychology of it affects is you know a lot of people three four weeks ago were were talking about how the comparing the coronavirus deaths to the amount of people that die in u.s car crashes per year um so right. i saw a statistic for 2019 roughly 30 38,000 people died in car crashes and they were talking about how <clears throat> you know we could have three five thousand people die of coronavirus nationwide um that would pale in comparison to how many people die in a car crash. What's the big deal? Uh, and the comparison that I use for that is if we go back to September 11th, right? Roughly, uh, slightly over 2,700 people died in New York on 9-11. Nobody in their right mind would ever walk up to a 
first responder and go, why is everybody overreacting? If you compare the amount of deaths on September 11th to car crashes, I mean, the numbers pale in comparison. Right. Um, and the reason why they wouldn't, the reason why they wouldn't do that is because it's not the, it's not the amount of people that died. It's how they died and under what circumstances. That's kind of the same thing with the coronavirus. Um, if you take a look at the amount of people that died on September 11th in New York, like I said, it was roughly 2,700. If you look at the amount of people that were reported to have PTSD after that, it was 420,000. That's a 254 times multiplier. Um, right. If you think about the consumer, right, they went from having a basically normal life to winding everything down inside of a month, potentially losing a job, both losing jobs, losing income, losing savings. And so uh, it's going to take a while to recover from that. Um, Right now, I think we're looking at man drop-offs in the 70 to 90% range, depending on what sources you look at for the airlines. Um, If you take a look at September 11th, there was a 30% drop in demand in air travel um, after 9-11. So the August prior to 9-11 saw the peak of U.S. air travel, um, I think it was uh, 62 and a half million passengers, something like that. I could be completely wrong on that number. Right, um, right. But point is, they hit a peak in demand in August, and then come 9-11, right, everything, the aviation industry, you know, lost a significant amount of, of demand. So when you're talking about a 30% demand, and it took four years for that to return, it took until July 2004 before that demand returned. Um, and when you talk to airline CEOs, they said it was significantly easier to convince people to travel because, um, once they put security measures in place like TSA, which we won't go into, you know, talking about whether TSA, how great TSA is or isn't right. But uh, TSA, uh, secure cockpit doors, so on and so forth, right. They were able to boost up confidence and that took four years. Um, we don't know what the effects of the coronavirus are going to be. We don't know how many people are going to die. We don't know how long right. that's going to last. And we don't know what effect that's going to have on the U.S. economy. But it is looking right now that the effect on the U.S. economy is going to be pretty dramatic. Uh, and if right. we use September 11th in 2008 as benchmarks in terms of black swan events, they didn't recover very quickly. You're talking three to four years. Um, I, I don't mean that to say that I think this is going to take three to four years, just more to say that when we have some type of shock event to the system, like a black swan event, it doesn't recover in a month. Right. And that's, you know, that's, I think, interesting too. And and obviously with our tag, a lot of our people are around that two year mark, two to three years, they've either been in the industry or they're getting ready to get out and they've watched all their friends in the industry. So seeing they haven't really, you know, you spend 18 to 20 years in the military where it's a very steady job and, and pretty much you're going to have a job and a paycheck. Um, I think sometimes they see that, oh my gosh, the airline industry is going to be terrible, but the realistic, uh, what I'm trying to kind of tell people is realistically, it's everywhere. I mean, unless you want a job at Domino's who's hiring 10,000 people uh, or you want a job somewhere that, you know, is hiring right now, there's really nobody hiring talk to people everywhere outside the transportation industry there's very few that are hiring um so i'm, I'm trying to get people hold- you can get a job in a grocery store right now <laughs> that is true like i said uh, domino's you're a nurse deliver like yeah <laughs> yeah you're a nurse you're ready to go so <laughs> yeah that being said we're kind of it's hard to answer that question i, I agree it's i think it's hard to answer that question no matter how long you've been in the industry because 
you just don't know. We just really don't know. We're kind of watching. There's things that look hopeful. Like today, we had a little bit of hope, things that look hopeful. And, you know, we could have this treatment that started today and tomorrow do really well, or it can fall flat on its face. And we just don't really know until we're kind of on that backside, like I said, a few weeks. Um, so then really, I guess one of the things that we've got to look towards what our viewers are going to want to know is what are the kinds of things that they should be doing right now? Um, anywhere from if you're in the industry or if you're, let's say six months, uh, coming out of, you know, getting out of the army and going somewhere. Cause there's a lot of people I know that's affected, uh, while I'm coming out and I was going to X airline and that airline doesn't have an RTP anymore, or I'm going, you know, where should they be looking or what should they be doing with their time? Um, to try and kind of help work into maybe easing some tensions or figuring out some things to do in the meantime. Sure. So in the, in the short term, probably, um, and when I say that, I don't mean eliminate it. I mean, limited. So probably no more than about 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the evening. The reason that I say that is that, Um, and I've been saying this for a couple weeks, there are going to be opportunities that are going to pop out of this. Now, the deeper the economic effects or the worse the economic effects are means there will be less opportunities and there are people that are looking for them. And so what, what we do now is we try and clear our mind of any preconceptions on what's going to happen. Okay. And the reason for that is because when the opportunity pops up, if you have yourself pre-mentally set, Hey, this is how this is going to go. I'll give you a really easy example, right? Uh, somebody says, Hey, look, I think the airlines are going to be in a rough go for the next five years. Right. And, um, I think really corporate aviation is going to be the place to go. You've set yourself mentally up to make a right turn which means you're not looking for what's going on over here. So when an opportunity pops up that doesn't fit that mental framework that you've set, you're going to miss it. Um, A really great example, uh, Jason has spent some work over the past week uh, talking to companies that are actually hiring. Um, You know, while, yes, passenger carriers are getting hit pretty hard, cargo is looking pretty bullish right now. Um, and I'd actually like to kind of throw that over to Jason for a little bit to kind of talk about what some of those opportunities are and maybe ask people to think through why, while he's talking, was that something you thought about before he brought it up? Uh, and if the answer is no, that kind of illustrates why we don't want to have, uh, ourselves too rigidly set right now on our sites. Cause we're going to miss all these things that are moving alongside of us that we can take as an opportunity. Excellent. Yeah. So over the last, uh, the last week, week and a half, I've been reaching out to a bunch of my contacts across the industry and, and really just uh, finding out what's going on. And there's been a little bit of pushback from some people simply because they don't know. Um, talk to a, a couple departments and, and they don't have answers. And that's completely understandable because things are changing so rapidly. Um, I have been fortunate this week to have prepped um, people for interviews for an ultra low cost carrier that's hiring into a pool, um, a major cargo operation and uh, a really large ACMI carrier. And, 
in talks with the different carriers, there are there is a light in cargos. We, we've got um, some of our clients that are inside of these companies. And we've reached out to them directly to get a feel for it. And there's a feel of growth coming. There's a feel of um, stability. And then I reached out directly to some of the department heads. And, and I have confirmed there's there's one company that's you know planning and hired upwards of 500 people this year. So the cargo carriers are, are doing well. One of them just recently had their most profitable month ever in, in, in their business. Yep. So there's a light there and you certainly need to consider, does that portion of the industry fit in or can it fit into your career goals? Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, again, like you said, if you, if you say, oh man, I only want to fly for X airlines, you really put yourself kind of at a disadvantage, I think, like James was saying. And, um, Jason, I think you hit it on the head. I, I've been looking as well and seeing some of these different airlines that maybe not working so considered earlier that are like, oh, hey, that looks pretty good. Um, and then, so I guess talk about what if, uh, you know, that's really good for people that are getting, getting ready to get out or that are looking to make that transition or jump or maybe at a regional that, you know, we've seen stuff with the regionals lately. And, and I, unfortunately, I don't know that it's going to stop. I think we've got some more that um, are probably going to feel the brunt of this very, very, very hard. Um, and so there's some pilots there that can start really should start looking at those other places in the industry. Um, but what would you say, what's a positive, we hear the, the F word, right? Everybody hears the F word in the, in the airlines and it's not, you know, and this is not a four letter word. Um, but, uh, what is it when they talk about leaves of absences and, and potential furloughs and things like that? Is there options where somebody could maybe take one of those leave of absence or look into, well, if I leave away from here for a few years or a year, uh, I can go work at X company. How is that looked at in the industry? When, when I, I uh, I'll, I'll jump in real quick, James, and I'll let you take it there. But internally, we, we had this discussion over the last few days too. Uh, James has been furloughed. I've been furloughed. Um, and, and a couple of our uh, other advisors have been furloughed, you know, uh, 9-11, 2008. And collectively, the, the biggest thing that we settled on was we wish we would have really taken a better understanding of the way that colas work. Uh, myself, particularly, if, if I would have taken a, a early out, long-term cola, um, early furlough, um, it would have put me in a position to where I would have been able to go out into the industry and, and go after jobs before it got ultra competitive. Uh, I was fortunate to find a soft spot to land and, and actually a place that I absolutely loved to work at. It's a great company. And it, it propelled me down a completely different trajectory than I'd ever planned on going. Um, you got to really read the tea leaves and and figure out what kind of opportunities are out there. Pay attention to what's going on inside the company to to see if you have those opportunities to maybe get out a little bit early to where you're going to be a little bit more competitive in the marketplace. James, do you want to add to that at all? Sure. So before I expand on that, just in case anybody's unaware of what a COLA is, right? It's basically a voluntary unpaid leave of absence by the company. Um, one of the things that, that folks, uh, lose sight of is if you if you think you're in range of furlough right and and i would argue if you're at the bottom 27 to 33 percent of a seniority list right now you're at least in danger of it 
Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but you're in danger of it. The folks that end up on the street first, because a lot of times furloughs happen in tiers, meaning they don't let the full amount of people go at once. They do it in stages. Uh, the folks that are on the street the earliest have the first go at the opportunities that are out there, jobs, um, in aviation, outside aviation, so on and so forth. Uh, and so understanding that, um, there's a couple of things to do that are tough for people. So I, the image that I think of in my head is from Braveheart uh, when they're standing and then there and the horses are coming at him and he's screaming, hold, hold. Um, and it, it's kind of that mentality of you have to wait until the right time to strike. Uh, and so when you can see um, that kind of that storm brewing, that's the time to start doing things like updating your logbooks, updating your resume, getting your LinkedIn profile put together and warming up your network. Think about that like your insurance policy. They're relatively easy to do. If you don't need them, it's fine. You just sit them aside and it's no big deal. But if you do need them, you are going to be prepared to take an action likely four to six weeks ahead of anybody else that's competing against you for that same job. And um, I think it's... Sorry to cut go in. Ahead. We got a little bit of lag, but I think, I think it's important to understand too and again, it's March 23rd at 6.40 Central Time. Right now, we know that in the first two weeks of April, there's going to be 1,000 qualified pilots furloughed from an airline already, or from airlines combined at this point. So there's, right. there's plenty of others internally that we were hearing grumblings about that we believe will happen. But at this point, that's confirmed. That's a thousand pilots on the street. So uh, one of the last things I just, I think, you know, I, I appreciate all the answers and I think it's, um, we're, we got some really good information. I think some stuff that's, you know, very real information, but things that are also very positive as well. Ways to, everything we do is risk-based, right? So we're figuring out ways, and I think you guys have offered a lot of ways to kind of mitigate that down to the, the smallest percentage as possible. Um, but one of the things I wanted to, kind of the last thing is, um, just kind of your last minute advice, you know, we've talked about government jobs and, and um, other hiring companies out there, how to kind of get that information, but I kind of want to phase this almost in a three-part question, but, uh, and for both of you guys with what you, um, the experience you bring to the table is that, uh, you know, what's kind of some last advice during what we know, again, what we know being, again, today, March 24th, um, if I'm a six-month person getting ready to get out of the Army or, or military, I keep saying Army, but really the military wanting to transition, uh, I'm a person who's just doing it. Maybe I'm in that first month, first two months of either being at the airlines or right at the end of that, the actual transition period or something like that. Uh, or I've been at, let's say, a regional or a smaller carrier um, for for maybe two years now. And, and those are three. I think that covers a, a really good compass of what, really what our viewers are. So what's some, maybe some last advice that we could give them uh, going forward, if hopefully that makes sense. It does. So, so we're, we're, we're really going to have more insight into what this looks like midsummer. Um, we'll know what the effects of the coronavirus were. We'll have a much better idea on what the effects of the uh, economy are shaping up to look like. And so I kind of split this into two categories. 
Uh, if you don't have to make a decision until the summer, right, you, you may want to hold off on doing that. Uh, a lot of folks get really uncomfortable with uncertainty. And so what they do is they force themselves into a decision just so they know what the outcome looks like, right? It's, um, right, right. They kind of end up basically making a decision that uh, harms them uh, just because it gets them to someplace that's certain. Um, sure. So if you don't have to make a decision, uh, y- you may find that it's more beneficial to wait till the summer till we have a better idea. Uh, if you do have to make a decision, right, that's a different story. If somebody's at a regional and they get laid off, right, or somebody's not at a regional, they're in some other position and they get laid off, they, they're, they're likely going to have to find work. Um, in that case, the biggest thing that I can say is uh, a lot of folks try and get back to where they were. So let's say you're making uh, $80,000 a year, just use a random number, right? right? And they lose their job. What they do is they go looking for other $80,000 a year jobs as opposed to looking for a job that will cover whatever their costs are. So I'll give you a real simple example. In 2010, I got laid off. And at that point in time, unemployment was $1,600 a month. So anything over $1,600 a month to me was a bonus. So I just went around to anybody I could, right? And said, hey, look, as long as you'll pay me $1,600 a month, I will do whatever worked within reason, right? Right. Uh, you know, but I'll, uh, you know, as long as it's legal, as long as it's not illegal, moral, or unsafe, I'll do it. Um, right. Right. So the, the idea is, can I keep income coming in while I figure out uh, how I'm going to get myself back to that income? So the biggest mistake that folks make when they're forced into a decision is they start looking for a, a career job, Right or they're, they're trying to get themselves back into the stable position that they were when sometimes you're going to have to make uh, a couple of short-term decisions really quickly to get yourself right. back to there in the medium or long term. So uh, the point is, if you can wait till the summer, wait. Um, if you can't wait till the summer for some extenuating circumstance, don't handicap yourself by only, only looking for positions that get you to exactly where you were. If you're making $80,000 a year, right, and you can find a job that pays you thirty dollars or $40,000 a year and you can get another twenty dollars or $30,000 a year hustle on the side, it still doesn't equal eighty, but it's much closer to eighty than it would be if you sat on unemployment for six, nine, 12 months, um, which then gets into a secondary factor where um, the longer you're unemployed, the more questions you have to answer in an interview that goes, why didn't you get another job? Um, so, so that's probably the biggest piece of advice. And in the meantime, between now and the summer is get prepared. You want as many insurance policies as possible, right? You want as many open, clear grass strips that you can, that you can put, right. put yourself down in if you have to. And the way you build those insurance policies, updating your resume, updating your LinkedIn profile, warming up your network, you, nobody knows ultimately if they're going to be out of work or not. We don't know what the bailout is going to look like. Absolutely. Um, even when it gets approved, it's going to take time to figure out how is that all going to sort itself out. So you really want to spend your time thinking, if I had to go look for another aviation position, what would I be qualified for? And if I had to go outside aviation, what skill sets do I have that I can basically repackage and market to get myself a position someplace else? Project management, right? Civilian government job, 
whatever it is. But you really want to be clear on, hey, if I stay in aviation or go out of aviation, in this period of downtime when you don't know what's going to happen, get that stuff ready. Because ultimately, um, you don't have to outrun the bear. You just got to outrun the other guy. Right. That's, right. <laughs> that's that. That's all this is. And I really mean that you don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun your next slowest buddy. Um, and there's going to be a lot of people that um, don't have pensions or have never been through something um, really, truly difficult before. Right. And their reaction time is going to be very slow. So I know a lot of I know a lot of people think that they're behind right now because they don't have a plan. They're not behind. It's just very uncertain. Right. Getting training records, resumes, LinkedIn profiles, warming up your network. What can I do inside aviation? What can I do outside aviation? It makes sure that if nothing happens and you can continue where you're at, you take all that, throw it in the garbage, right? And if somebody makes a decision for you or something changes unexpected you're prepped to immediately pivot and take decisive action. Awesome. Yeah. Um, when you're looking at everything that James just brought up too, remember you want to keep building your skills. You want to keep adding on to what you're already good at or, or exploring new, new directions that you can go to, to set yourself apart. And you can bring that in. Uh, when, when you move forward into another position, um, try to find a way to keep flying. Currency is usually one of the biggest, uh, biggest hangups when people are trying to come back to a job. Uh, you know, trying to find a way to get a hundred hours a year is, is really important. Um, I want to leave you with something that, you know, discomfort will drive you to change, right? Discomfort is, uh, is your friend in this, in this, in the circumstance, because it's, it's driving you to, to listen to this entire podcast, uh, to watch this video, to, to do research, to reach out to, to, to us, um, take notice of what you're feeling inside, write those feelings down and find a trusted partner to, to go through those with. Um, develop a plan and move forward with it. Now is the time to be thinking ahead and determining a plan of action. Uh, one last little ray of sunshine I'll toss out there is keep in mind there's there's a lot of guys at the tops of these lists who are going to be sick of all this. They've been through 9-11. They've been through 2008. And I've talked to him. I, I talked to a very, very senior pilot at United yesterday. He's, he's in the top 25% but he's in the top 2% of the company. And, uh, you know, he's looking at get, he's looking at getting out with a couple more years remaining. Look at what American offer their top guys. So this isn't all doom and gloom, but it is a time to take notice of what you're feeling, uh, address those concerns and try to find the best path forward through that. Yeah. Hey. I, uh, actually just saw today about the, there's roughly 500 or more, already they're expecting to take that early retirement there from uh from americans i mean that's a huge deal as well what you guys american yeah i talked to a senior a330 captain uh i actually forgot about it until you just mentioned it jason talked to a senior a330 captain earlier today um we we've been talking with um a lot of very senior pilots who have been through furloughs in the 80s furloughs in the 90s and furloughs in the 2000s um, you're going to see a lot of content coming out from us uh, here coming up on kind of what to do, what to think about, how to look at this. Uh, and so I was talking to a very senior A330 captain, and he goes, um, 
he goes, it was like 500 pages, but uh, I got my retirement paperwork today. I uh, signed it all. I'm putting it in. I am retiring in six days. He didn't, he didn't know his last flight was his last flight until two weeks after it, right? Because oh, wow. he was supposed to be doing flights this month, next month, the month after, right? He only knows now looking back, hey, I guess my last flight in the jet was, I think it was two weeks ago. Um, the water cannon. So, yeah, you're, no, there's no water cannon. There's no, you know, he had a bunch of friends that paid for tickets that were going to come on the flight with him. He had his whole crew lined up. It's all gone, right? And he said it was the best decision he's ever made in his life because I have no regrets walking away right now. You're going to see guys at the top that have financial reasons to retire now are going to do it. Um, and so don't be surprised if that adds, we, once again, we don't know how much. But every one of those guys at the top is three guys at the bottom, total comp-wise. That's right, yeah. It is. Every so, one of them that yeah. leaves is three guys from the bottom. So um, we don't know how much easing that's going to create. We don't know how many people are going to take that. Um, but you're going you're gonna to see some things happen that, that you won't expect, which is why I said don't tunnel vision into thinking you know how this is going right. to go. You just don't. You know, I had, a, I had an hour and a half long discussion yesterday with, uh, with that very senior United pilot. And we were talking about financial aspects and, and things that people do when they get their dream job, right? And I've always had this rule where I live in a way that if, if I am jobless, if, if I can't fly airplanes, if I can't work with James here at Raven, I can go work at McDonald's or Burger King and be their best employee and still pay my bills. Uh, that's, that's my metric. And I, I said that to him and he goes, you know what? I was the number one pilot at, uh, Eastern. I'm number 10 on this airplane here at United. And I still live in the house that I bought when I first upgraded to captain 20 years ago. Cause I keep my expenses down. If I want to buy a toy, I pay cash for it. And I've never been uncomfortable since that point is because of what was taught to me with my initial furloughs and the way things went when I first entered the industry was keep expenses down, know that you can survive and, and make good solid decisions. And um, I hope, I hope that people are sitting there believing that they're in that camp um, comfortable with where things are, but um, you know, whatever discomfort it is, write it down, find a trusted advisor and, and talk it through because now's the time to start looking at everything in your life and making sure it's in order because we don't know this could be a blip. This could be disastrous. We, we don't know at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up trusted advisor cause we're going to bring that up uh, here in later in the podcast as well. Uh, you know, that's one of the great things that I love so much about our tag and the community that we've built. And I've already seen it online and Facebook, the mentorship programs that, um, we have people all over the spectrum that are that have been in the airlines for a long time that have decided to turn around and mentor um, our folks, and then people that are new, and then people that are asking questions. And it's awesome to get real, valid feedback. And so, even if um, you know, keep doing that, Artag. Even if you maybe don't do something in aviation right now, um, there's a huge network. James brought up warming up your network. You know, you got a network of twelve thousand some odd people that are willing to to help. And uh, that's a great thing that I like about our tag. And I think that's why it brings quality people like, uh, 
James and Jason into the fold, wanting to help us out as well. So, and uh, something just real quick on the networking. Um, everybody's in an uncertain position right now. Nobody, right. nobody knows who's safe and who's not safe. Uh, and the reason why that's important to recognize is when you call your buddy that you haven't talked to in four years, they're going to be just as happy to hear from you as you are that they picked up the phone. None of us know who's going to be in a position to help someone or be in a position to ask for help. I've had a number of uh, clients and friends that I haven't spoken to in three, four, five years that have reached out and every one of them has been a positive conversation on both ends. So don't let fear of reaching out to someone you haven't talked to in a while stop you from doing it. You don't know if you're going to be in a position to help that person or if they're going to be in a position to help you. And given the level of uncertainty, um, I think everybody wants to do as much as they can to help each other. So don't, don't let that fear or rejection hold you back from reaching out. Awesome. Good point. Well, hey, thanks so much, guys, for this. I really appreciate it. I know uh, we I said earlier in the podcast that we'll have um, many more of these with Raven and, and giving us advice and continuing through this process, regardless of what happens. I think it's a good idea um, to have you guys in. But uh, again, I really appreciate it. And it will, they're going to send me a link. We'll put a link down in the description to just get a little bit more specific information or sign up for their, hopefully to sign up for you guys' uh, email as well, because I, I get those and I think they're great. Um, really great emails and, and they try to do a really good job about keeping uh, as current as they can with what's going on in the industry um, to really just to kind of mentor and, and advise people where you're going. So thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank well, you, Josh. Yeah. Appreciate it. All see right, we'll see you later. Well, there you have it. Uh, James and Jason from Raven Career. Just want to thank them again for stopping by uh, digitally anyway and giving a lot of that feedback. I hope that you got a lot out of that. I hope that it gives you some things to think about. I hope that it gives you some hope for the future, to be honest. Um, I think that sometimes it seems a little doom and gloom at some point, but I know that they just really want people to be prepared for what's next. I hope it, hopefully it gives you maybe a trajectory for where you want to go, depending on where you are in your transition timeline or where you are in the industry. Um, we didn't talk about it in the news, but one of the things that's happened recently is that we had this stimulus package that went out, which hopefully should give everybody a chance to kind of sit back for a second, take a breath, and um, it give you some time before any major um, furloughs or anything like that start. Now, we do want to keep in mind that uh, our friends that are at TSA, our friends that are at Compass, and uh, some of the other airlines around the world, we just want to um, want to take a second to say we're here for you if you need help. Um, we want to help you out. We know that uh, I think April 1st, both Compass and Trans States Airlines are closing. Um, and again, not having some of the opportunities to jump into other airlines because of what's going on with the virus. We just want to put out right now for any of our pilots that are watching this, any pilots that are with Trans States or Compass, hit us up, shoot us an email, let us know in the comment section. I, I will be reading them. Um, if there's anything that we can do to help, we have such a wide, diverse group of people here that are willing to help uh, in the RTAC Nation Facebook page that will jump at an opportunity to take care of um, people that really need help finding jobs or I've already been seeing job placement ads and people throwing things in RTAC Nation to help everybody out. And if you've got to find one of those to temporarily uh, take a pause until the industry comes back, 
please take advantage of that. There are people ready to help you, ready to do everything they can to try and uh, make sure that you have the tools that you need and the um, equipment that you need at your ready so that you can step into that next phase or maybe that, that partial phase in the next few months. So before I get into this last segment uh, for today's show, this is be a little shorter than probably most of them. Um, I'm putting together a longer show for the next month. Um, obviously we'll have a lot more information, so stay tuned. If I get any, any quick information I think needs to go out, I will put a little short excerpt on YouTube as well. Um, again, those of you who are joining us on iTunes or SoundCloud, downloading the audio podcast today actually works out pretty well because you don't really need to see any of us um, to get the information out today, except for maybe some of the logos for the advertisements. But before we get into this last section, uh, I just want to take a second to talk about another partner that has been with us since the very beginning, and that is Infinity Flight Group. If you do not know yet about Infinity Flight Group, I don't know where you've been, but Infinity Flight Group has worked for years to become the premium and the best option if you want to transition, not only for a rotor transition program, but if you're looking for what we call E2A, Enlisted to Airlines, they have a wonderful program. Um, Infinity has been at every single one of our events and our shows. They've sent a lot of money our way at the very beginning to help us out as a, as a community, as RTAG, and they've invested a lot of time and effort into us. And so they've partnered with us as well on these podcasts, and we want to say a huge thank you to them. A link to the description in the description below for Infinity Flight Group. If you're looking to transition, I will tell you, take a look at them. It's something that you can use your full GI bill for, you only have to do a tiny little bit out of pocket, and I'm talking less than $1,500 for your entire program. They're partnered with a college so that it's part of an associate's degree program. You can walk in as an RTP um, transitioner, and you can get everything done in residence in four months, collect BAH, have the GI bill pay for it. It's 100% done. I will tell you that well, I'll post, put it up in the comments below, but any of you that are watching this that have gone through RTP at Infinity, feel free to comment. There has been a lot of people who have reached out to me. There's a lot of people who have talked about them on all of our Facebook pages and our social media platforms that have incredible things to say about Infinity. The way that they've been treated there, the way that the interaction has gone between the um, flight instructors and the students, um, they really are tailored to Make sure that the experience is good, but that the quality of training is good as well. So make sure you check them out. Infinity Flight Group, again, link in the description. And uh, we just want to say thank you for them being such a wonderful partner of our tag. And now I want to dive into just the last segment and that this will close kind of everything on every podcast. And uh, it's called Greasy Side Down. And for those of you who don't know what greasy side down means, you can ask one of your military people, but really, you know, the, the old joke is that as long as we keep the greasy side down, everything kind of will be okay and work our way out. And so I want to take the time in these sections to really just talk about something that's on my mind, maybe give you some mentorship and hopefully give you a little bit of hope specifically with this podcast, give you a little bit of hope of things to come. Um, so let's dive right into greasy side down. Today's greasy side down kind of concentrates on what's going on in the world around us, the industry, maybe your own family, our own life. And I wanted to take a minute to talk about a few things that hopefully will give you some hope for the future and just a little bit of mentorship. Um, 
And really, I want to call this, you are a warrior. Uh, one of the things that I love and one of the things that I've researched um, over time, especially when dealing with leadership and, um, and kind of making decisions as a leader, is the warrior caste and how the warrior class levels and caste systems have been around. Really, they predate um, most of what we consider class societies. Uh, we can look back into 5,000 years ago. We see the warrior castes are kind of somebody who rises up. They're, they're a group of people who will do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. They don't necessarily um, subscribe to specific ways of thinking as the um, social norms. They don't really put themselves um, in political parties uh, necessarily. Again, as individuals, everybody has kind of their leanings one way or the other, but as a part of this warrior caste system, we get things done. And I wanted to really tell you if you're watching this and you've served, you are a warrior. Whether it's in two years, whether you've served in this war, uh, in the global war on terrorism, in any war before, you need to understand that you bring together, uh, and all of us bring together, a specific set of, of skills and dynamic um, understandings that we can actually make a difference in the community at large. Um, whether it be stepping up and being a leader when maybe you're not necessarily a leader, maybe you're in that FO range and, and you don't consider yourself a leader, there's actually a great book called How to Lead When You're Not in Charge. I recommend you picking that up and it talks about that, but not just being a leader in uh, being the person who everybody follows, but being a leader in your emotional intelligence, your your maybe it's faith, maybe it's your spiritual life that um, lifts people up. But we are uniquely equipped to handle what's going on in the society that we see right now. When everything's shutting down, when people are scared, frankly, um, we as warriors, we provide a light for those around us. If you're not using that, I highly recommend you tap into that. People need strength. They need leadership. Um, like I said, we can go back to 5,000 years ago when these caste systems and class systems started to diverge, there was a greater distance between your lower class people and your ruling class. And what happened and emerged there from there is this warrior class of people that almost bridged that gap. They were the fighters. They were the obviously the ones that went to war. They were the ones that took land. But at the same time, they were the ones that created a system within themselves to utilize everybody else in that warrior class as one. They brought them together. I always think back to, um, you know, the Trojan armies. I think back to um, so many of the, really the old school Ottoman Empire, um, the, um, the different ruling areas in the early Asian empires. Now a lot of those um, empires rose to power was because of the strength of that warrior class so we need to make sure that we understand where we sit in all of this right you're not just a pilot you're not just a, a mechanic you're not just a maybe a flight attendant in this case you are a person who has a lot of experience serving in the military and obviously i don't mean that we're going to go fight this war uh literally against uh against maybe somebody else i don't expect uh 
you know, Frontier and American Airlines to literally start a physical war with each other. But what it does mean is that we can use that class and that caste system to, to build upon our own strength. We can find people in the civilian world that we can lift up, that we can pull out of maybe that, that frustration point with what the industry is going through right now. We can come together because we have all those, all of those things in our kit bag. Um, one of the interesting, uh, things that you look at in history when you deal with a warrior class is, you know, the ancient Greeks are really the first um, kind of civilization that started to bring together the citizen soldier concept. For those of you who are in the Air National Guard or the reserves, uh, like I am, um, they're kind of the first group that said, hey, let's look at our populace. Let's find the best of those people that we can find and let's make them both a citizen, but also a soldier. And then obviously European societies during the Renaissance and and um, and other things like that, they started to construct military bodies and armies by training the better groups of the civilians. They'd bring them in and they'd say, hey, you know, you meet this criteria, Let, we'd like to start training you to, again, in that case, fight wars, but really to, to provide a protection against threat. And right now we potentially could be fighting a threat and that threat's not necessarily another uh, country or another human person, that threat is almost ideological in that we have this virus that is making a huge impact on the economy as a whole. And we can sit around and we can think of ways that we can help ourselves or we can stand up as a leader and we can find those people around us and we can lift everyone up as a community. Mentorship, as you know, has been a huge part of our tag. And obviously, I'm not saying break any restrictions in your state or in your local government to um, that would violate anything for any of the, the shelter-in-place rules. But we can use Facebook. We can use FaceTime. Reach out to that person you haven't talked to. Maybe it's somebody that you deployed with a long time ago. Maybe it's somebody in your unit or your former unit or friends that you have that you know are in the industry. Maybe it's our, our brothers and sisters at Trans States or at Compass or any of these other airlines that are struggling that we can reach out to them and we can bring them in back into the fold and ensure that they have the right uh, mindset, the right um, abilities and the right support to take care of their families, to take care of themselves and to, to move on. Um, when I say that you are a warrior, what I expect from that and what I mean by that is you are, again, uniquely equipped to get through crisis. You are uniquely equipped to get through hard times. People are going to look to you no matter what happens in both uh, your civilian jobs and at your family. And I think we have an awesome opportunity right now as military members to, or former military members to stand up and kind of show that regardless of the position we may hold at our job or airline, that we can lead in that we can create a sense of calm, we can create a sense of preparation, that we can use our network around us. James talked about that earlier, to use that network around you and to build up each other up. So now is the time. Now is the time that uh, we can be that that group of people that really come together and show all of these places when they do start hiring again, they go, man, I want that person. I want that um, guy or girl that is a former military member. I want them as part of my team because when things go bad, they're not a person who panics. They're a person who sets themselves up and then 
gets all the information and then takes everybody else and makes them better. That's one of the things that I, I'm so excited about this community and what we bring to the table is we look out for everybody else. Whether it's, uh, you know, thinking back of the knights of the 14th century um, or it's thinking about samurais in the Japanese warrior classes, they worked together and that's why professional militaries um, throughout history, they, they had such a hard time when you had professional, and by professional I mean uh, militaries that did it for money, um, actually had very difficult times conquering lands or beating people in war that didn't do it for money, that came as part of this warrior class system, that came out of the citizen group, that worked together, that built a community together, that were fighting for more than just dollars, because it's easy at the end of the day when the dollars go away to say, well, it's not worth it. But when you know that you're fighting for something greater than yourself, when you're working for your brother or sister and you're holding the line together, it's so much easier to make that path and to take that on head on um, and not lose faith and not lose hope. So that's what I really want to just leave with you guys is that you are a warrior. You are uniquely equipped to handle this situation right now as it stands and to give light and hope to those around us. Um, so I hope that you'll take this, you'll kind of... Um, maybe with a little introspection and look into the things that you can do in your community, the things that you can do in your, uh, in your jobs. If you're not out volunteering and there's a place to volunteer and you can do it within the confines of what the, the government is telling you to do right now, do it. I, I implore you, get out and help somebody else. Um, if you need help, reach out to us, reach out to our tag nation. Let us know where we can help you because we need to come together and we need to show people what we're made of. Well, I, hopefully you like that uh, last little segment. Um, we'll do that going forward. The, make sure that you put in the comments um, below if you have anything to add. Obviously, this is just one person's opinion, um, and I, I definitely want to hear from you. What do you think about that? There's some really interesting research on a side note about uh, kind of the warrior class system and where it comes from. Um, so I, I recommend you go and take a look at that. Before we close out, I do want to, again, uh, say thanks to Bose um, and just let you know here in just a second, I'm going to show you how to, or tell you how to win that Bose headset uh, going forward. And then we have four Bose to give away three A20s and one Bose Pro Flight 2. And we'll be giving those away in the next podcast. Um, again, Bose has provided high performance communication headsets for pilots for more than 25 years. Bose products, including the A20 aviation headset, they're recognized for high quality, reliability, as well as the comfort, clear communication, and noise cancellation they provide. The new Bose ProFlight 2, which again we'll be giving away in a different podcast. Um, the new Bose ProFlight 2 for professional aviation use and airline pilots builds on that already great reputation. Again, for, for, for additional information on the Bose aviation headsets, please visit Bose.com slash aviation. Bose.com slash aviation. There'll be a link in the description as well below. And again, we want to thank Bose for being such a great partner and such a great supporter of ours so here we go look at that beautiful beautiful bag right there again i have three of these bose a20s to give away thanks to bose and one bose pro flight two so really simple let me tell you how to win that bose pro flight uh a correction this time it's a bose a20 all you got to do is go in the comments section below and you're going to comment First of all, you've got to subscribe. So if you liked this information, um, if you think this is good, you think there's something that you want to improve upon or that you'd like to see in the future, let me know. Uh, make sure that you subscribe and click the notification bell if that's something that you want to do. That way you're notified anytime that I post something to this channel. 
it won't always just be my uh, ugly mug here talking to you, but there'll be some other videos that we've got, some training videos that I'm looking at doing uh, also for EFB and things like that. But um, if you subscribe and hit the notification bell, you'll know when we're going live uh, with any of our new content. And then once you've subscribed, in the comments below, do me a favor. And if you own one of these, awesome. If you don't own one of these, you could. Uh, and they're wonderful. I can tell you that they're incredible. Don't forget the RTAG discount that we have on these if you're not one that wins these in the next few months coming up. But all you have to do is use the hashtag Bose RTAG. So hashtag Bose RTAG, B-O-S-E-R-T-A-G in the comment section below. Leave a comment about something that you'd like to see in the podcast going forward, something that uh, maybe you have thoughts about the industry as a whole. Maybe you have something to offer to the group. Maybe you researched something cool about the warrior class that we talked about. Um, maybe you just have something just you want to say thank you or you want to say, hey, I don't like you or hey, shave that mustache. Whatever it is, we um, would love to hear from you. I will read through those. The guys on the board will read those through those as well. And we do want to uh, say thank you in advance. Member hashtag Bose R-Tag, B-O-S-E-R-T-A-G. And uh, I use a awesome online tool that can go through that hashtag and it can pick people at random. So that's how we're going to do it. I'll input the uh, YouTube channel and tell it what hashtag to look for and it will randomly grab people out. And on the next um, podcast, I will announce two of the winners of the A20. I will probably reach out to you before that and let you know uh, to get addresses and stuff and we will um, get these out to you. Super excited. Again, Bose cannot thank you enough for everything that you've done for us. So now you know how to win the Bose headset. Here, I'll put it back up here so that you can see it and ooh and awe over it. Uh, it's actually really in there. Um, on behalf of Eric, Jim, Tim, and myself, again, I want to tell you that we talk often as the board. Um, you know, Eric spends a lot of time, his time, and Jim spends a lot of his time, and Tim spends a lot of his time. I obviously spend a lot of time doing everything that we can to make sure that you guys are set up for anything that you want to do in the future, please do not hesitate to reach out to us. We are super excited about what's to come. Lastly, uh, again, on behalf of the board, Eric, Tim, Jim, and myself, we, um, we want you to go check out the website. It's awesome. We're super excited about what, uh, what it means to us to have this new website up, rtag.org. Um, there's going to be articles coming out that are um, hopefully informative. We'll do as much as we can to keep those flowing. We'll let you know on Facebook, who if you didn't know Eric manages right now, Eric crushes the Facebook. He spends so much time um, getting all of these social media kind of streamlined and set up. So if you get a chance, give him a high five, say thanks, give him a thank you in the comment below. Jim does is doing all of our website management and our articles. Um, and he deals a lot of stuff. He takes a lot of stuff off my plate. Again, give him a, a huge thumbs up in the, in the comments below. Say thanks to him. And then Tim, what doesn't Tim do? Uh, Tim, he flies full time. He uh, deals with all of our merchandise. We've got a guy that he's working with now that, um, that's going to help quite a bit. But you know, Tim's been a huge, huge supporter uh, or worker, again, uh, as part of the board. 
for us. So make sure you give him a thumbs up and a high five. The board here at RTAG has really worked very hard and a lot of hours to get you guys uh, as much information as we could. And uh, we can, and we do it all because we love you all. And we, we do it because we love it. It is so much fun. Um, we obviously right now, our, our, our hearts are, are sad and are grieving with those who are potentially losing jobs, those who are at TSA and Compass. Um, we want you to know that we are here for you and that we want you to do uh, everything you can do. We want to help you as much as we can in the coming months. So uh, thank you guys to the board members, and um, we will see you on the next RTAG Nation podcast. Thanks for stopping by.